a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave's X Media. Welcome to Of the Eldest Gods, where we discuss Rick Riordan's role as our godly parents. Hi, I'm Ray from Kevin 12. And I'm Charlie from Kevin 13. And I'm Juice, and I'm also from Kevin 12. Yay! I'm in a Kevin 12 sandwich. <laughs> we gotta, oh, hmm. <laughs> I was Why gonna say you? we gotta do like the sibling song. Why do you hate it when I say that? This is my sister. This is my brother. We are siblings and we care for each other. Everything we own, we always share. We are siblings and we have the same hair. <laughs> Someone explain what's happening. We'll 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 share it with you afterwards, Charlie. We'll show you the sibling dance. It's very important. Here's our okay. secret. We have an older brother. <laughs> what is happening? I'm so confused. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I will always worry about you. (laughs) (laughs) I forget sometimes that Charlie does not exist in the same meme circles as, uh, like, me and Juice. Charlie never read Homestuck, and I think that's a very important... Yeah. I I swear, whenever it's, like, the three of us, there's just, like, so many more outtakes when Juice is here. It's because we like to talk about so many things that aren't Percy Jackson. Speaking of which, let's talk about Percy Jackson. Let's talk about Percy Jackson. Um, can I can I start the pot out with, um, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I want to know your thoughts on the show so far. Like, how you been doing on this? I feel okay. First, first of all, I think I think I have very mixed opinions, but oh. Um, oh. our least favorite Uliano uh, in the history of forever. Um, so I want to okay. So your first of all, <laughs> first of all, your understanding of the name Uliano is what precisely? Ug- ugly, ugly. Sure. sure, 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 sure. It it just means that he's he's an ugly man. That was the whole joke, I think. So <laughs> is it a real name? In Italian. Oh, dear oh. God. So, oh, no. if you've ever studied <laughs> Japanese, you'll be familiar with the principle of, like, the small tsu with, like, double consonants. So, like, in the word ticket, you say kippu. There's two Ps. Kippu, right? Or, like, in the mm. bean, natto, there's two Ts. Like, natto. Uh, ah, yes, can, yes. You can hear oh, the sure. two Ts as opposed to kippu and natto. You have natto, kippu. Anyway, in Italian, you have a similar double consonant thing happening with words like anno, which is year, and anno, which is asshole. (laughs) The name Uliano, if you wanted to, you could translate it as he's an asshole. Yes! (laughs) Deeply incredible. I'm so glad. (laughs) You've made this so much better. You've made his name so much better. I... I, w- I was thinking about it from, like, face value. It just means he's ugly. But also, he's an asshole. <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing. Because, yeah, you get in English, when you pronounce it, you know, like you're from New York, you get <laughs> Ugliano or Ugliano. And so you get ugly asshole. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I, 
I really hope that like Rick knew this fact. <laughs> <laughs> like and this is why he chose the name. He was like, "This is for the adults who know well, how see, to speak Italian." There's <laughs> that. This is for them. There's okay. So in Italian surnames, like usually the ano suffix is like it can also be a where you're from. So mm. names like Romano or Milano, right? Uh, you will mm. occasion you'll occasionally meet an Italian person whose last name is Romano, right? It means yeah. they're mm. from Rome. And so mm. Ugliano could also be you could also take it out of Italian as the guy from Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the yeah the the asshole from ugly <laughs> yeah well there you go I'm I'm enjoying this so far uh, thank you for enhancing that for us you have enhanced my experience of Percy Jackson I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> I'm gonna tell everyone I know about this fact now <laughs> but but just how, how are you enjoying the show so far I'm gonna again you- again. I, I have mm-hmm. some mixed opinions. Mm-hmm. I I think oh. in this episode especially, I, mm, okay, so I was, it's funny, I was talking to my mom about this earlier because she, she is the one who was forced to come and see Percy Jackson in theaters with my brother and I back in the day. <laughs> I love day. it. I love and so it. we were talking about the nature of film releases as opposed to television releases and mm-hmm. like what they have to put into film releases to appeal to general audiences as opposed mm. to television releases that are being specifically put out for any given age demographic Mm -hmm. I feel as though the Percy Jackson TV show is it's me personally I feel as though it is leaning very much into its age bracket where I think Mm -hmm. the film was not well I mean obviously the film aged the characters up first of all but you know we have this much more accurate to the book in a lot of ways than the film version in the TV show and I think with that you get a a lot of the middle grade essence which wasn't mm-hmm. present in the film but i think mm. in that i think i think like the pill and the peanut butter on that middle grade essence is that i don't know i feel like the show was like a little less appealing to me it's great because it's you're wonderful. not the right age demographic anymore yeah yeah i like don't feel that way and that's okay i I it can is. definitely understand that feeling, though. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me, given, yeah. like, the way that the show is kind of set up and the way that it's acted and, like, the... I don't know. Uh, I noticed it, especially in this episode, I feel like like mm-hmm. some t- like we have talked about the, like, quips before, and sometimes they just do not feel authentic to me. And that is not the kids' fault. They are kids. No, but, it's not like, the kids' fault. Yeah. It, it's... It can be harder to invest yourself when, like, the actors are very young and you are not that young anymore. (laughs) This is why I'm like, I am a child still. And that's why I'm still invested in all of these things. Well, it's not, again, it's not to say that there's any lack of quality because it's Mm -hmm. clear that the team was putting a lot of heart into the show. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think, I think for me, especially in this episode, I feel as though this episode was a bridge between two very big plot points in this season, right? Mm. And so, for me, this, for me, this wasn't one of the really, like, blockbuster stories from the book. You know what I mean? Like, it's got, Mm. it's got, it's got got some good emotional beats, but this, this isn't, you know, like, this isn't the Capture the Flag episode. This isn't, like, (laughs) it's, there's, like, meeting Blackjack for the first time. 
or like there's there's a lot of moments from Percy Jackson that are very cinematic and very like they they contain a lot of drama and pathos and like yes yes we have like the the Percy not quite dying bit in this one but it's like I don't know I feel I I don't know Okay, I will agree with you in that, okay, it might have been that I was trying to take notes and watch the show really fast before we recorded things again. Wow. Uh, I'm Next week, I'm actually going to join our, like, thing and be, like, a better boy, but, because <laughs> I'm at home <laughs> now. Worst. Worst. Um, but, uh, so, like, putting, putting my watch, like, situation aside, because that could definitely affect my, like, experience, um... I do think that this episode felt the least like emotionally substantial. Yeah. In yeah, as opposed to everything else that we've seen so far. And they were definitely trying. You know, there's a lot of new additions here to like uh edit the story into something that works better for the show. And maybe it's because the emotional scene was almost entirely new with the chair and whatnot. That, yeah. like, I didn't have that nostalgia to carry me through that scene and, like, remind me of, like, how it's supposed to feel. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the, I mean, I think that the effects on the chair scene were also not the most, um, like, convincing graphical effects I've ever seen in my life. Like, I was thinking about it as I was watching it. I was like, how would you do this? How would you do anything in this episode using practical effects? You know what I mean? Mm, and, yeah. like, as the gold was, like, swallowing Percy... I, I was watching it happen and I was like, it's, I, I was too aware of the effect. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, oh, and yeah. they're doing a funky little gold graphical effect. I wonder how much the 3D artists were paid on this episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I like that effect. I think that it's cool. It looked uh, cool. But yeah, uh, you're right. Like, it almost takes you out. Like, his face is uncovered and then it cuts away so that you don't see him, like, uh, actually transform. And then we get the practical statue yeah. of Percy in his place because we had to, like, have some kind of transition. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's it's like, it's the same thing with, like, the Venom suit being 100% digital effects. That, like, this, for <laughs> oh, <no>. me... What? <laughs> we got that to Venom. I'm sorry, this is how the, like, this group started with Barbie and Venom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true! I forgot about that! Venom Stands yes. Are Us was the yes, name that's of our chat the group name. chat. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that! Oh, wow. We should do a Venom watch along sometime. We should. We should. Just. <laughs> oh my god. Gosh, that first, that first Venom movie was so good. Anyway, it, for me, I just, I really do wonder how this show would have been made if the show had been produced concurrently with the books, you know? Mm. Like, if we got a, like, not not to bring Harry Potter into this, but <laughs> if, you know, the final film, like, the, the films and the books were releasing at the same time, right? Yes. And because of the nature of the serialization, things in the film sort of, like, things in the film sort of needed to set up the books in a way mm -hmm. that, like, those that, that original slate of movies kind of needed to do and then the this book like this television series it like 
it doesn't necessarily need to stick to stuff that hasn't come out yet. Or it's like it's like how in Scott Pilgrim when um they designed the the or well they filmed in Lee's Palace in Toronto and um that bar was used as a layout in a later edition of the comic like mm-hmm. after the movie came out. You know what I mean? So like there's yeah, yeah. There's a level of textual and adaptational, like, there's a level of intertext, right, between Mm -hmm. the adaptation and the original that this show doesn't necessarily need to have. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think that uh, you're right that that style has some benefits of that, like, intertextuality, but it also has, like, detriments where, where the adaptation doesn't know where the foreshadowing lies in some cases or you know you can you can get inconsistencies that way or you can end up with a disaster like oh the original full metal alchemist series <laughs> <laughs> look listen to me listen to me listen to yeah. me oh seven was good okay <laughs> <laughs> um I, I know that it's good in its own merits. I can't watch it. It makes me too upset. Oh, <laughs> I'm no. I'm a manga stan. <laughs> I don't even like Brotherhood sometimes. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Getting the real tea today. I'm a hard manga stan. Like any changes, I'm like disgusting. Stop it. How are you doing with Dungeon Meshi? I I have not been reading Dungeon Meshi. I want to so bad. Oh, it's so I, good. Okay, you should. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> Anyways, so so yeah, uh, I I was gonna bring this up later, but I do think that that uh, not having to lead to the same places as the books, and also knowing that the books are out and knowing what kind of story they want to tell, and not knowing how many seasons they're actually going to get, is affecting mm. the kinds of things that they want to show. Uh, which I think affects how many gods we are seeing in this series because Percy Jackson has always been a story about family and specifically the gods as family and as parents. like Fast and the Furious? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly like Fast and the Furious, you get it. Um, So so in order to emphasize those themes, we are seeing more people who are involved in that and they are talking more about it. And I think that's really interesting. And that's why we're going to get Hermes next episode. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh... That all said, let's let's like start with the actual like start of the I, episode. <laughs> I, I've I've been listening to y'all. I just I was like waiting for y'all to like like hear, yeah, yeah, hear, yeah, your, yeah. hear your hot takes because you guys are having some spicy hot takes here. <laughs> and I'm just remembering what I heard online from like Rick Riordan himself being mm-hmm. like episode five is where shit gets real. Oh, interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And I'm just like thinking on that, I'm like, hmm, okay, okay. I guess that didn't really work for you guys, at least. It worked for me, but... Yeah, I would love to hear more of your thoughts about the episode. Well, let's get into it, my dude. Okay, let's do it, let's do it. Okay, I was expecting us to have more, like, underwater conversations. The fact that we don't is much better than what I was thinking. Like, the start of this episode is really good. From literally the preview, we're going to get another underwater scene next week, it seems like. Yeah, Like, holding that back a little bit. Works very well. I like it. Like we don't, we don't need to get every single conversation. We could just have Percy say, "Like we need to go here. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like just cut that thing out, and we can get more of her later." Um, that's fine <laughs> to me, honestly. I just remembered you were complaining last week that the episode was too short. Uh, here's where that extra length went because this one was like forty minutes. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> this this episode was a good length, though. This, this one was good to me. I need. Bro, I need they a have a thirty-minute average. They literally just chopped off ten minutes off the other episode and put it on they this need, one. They need like they a, needed like it. a they did. they need a forty. I think I think every episode should be a forty for me. Oh yeah, just just as a treat. I understand. <laughs> Um, so I feel like I, I have so many thoughts about, like, the fates showing up in this episode specifically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I feel like I can't talk about it yet because we're trying not to spoil what we have yet to talk about in, in Last books. Olympian. Yeah. Because when, mm. when we started this, uh, we were not finished fully reading the books and we're trying not to be spoilery for that but i don't know it's 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 interesting that they were like we're not gonna have the fate so early on we're not gonna have them right there that but like percy does not even see the fates personally which is very no, he interesting doesn't. instead they go to annabeth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which i think we're just gonna <laughs> talk about this when we get to things in the book okay i think okay, i think okay. fully we're gonna get there but I don't know. It's just it's just interesting that like that that is that is an interesting change, an interesting take. I, I see where you're my, going with the, this. My, my non spoilery <laughs> thoughts on this are that like it has to do with the decision that's being made, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Like like that. That's what determines the fate. Um. Anyway. Uh. But they, 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 I love that they're they're doing the the, the 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 blue the electric blue socks. Still, we do we do get that. <laughs> it's very iconic. It's beautiful. Good. Good shit. And they're giant fucking socks. Um, but Grover is more concerned about the fact that the police are staring right at them. <laughs> yeah. A cab, A cab. Um, get out of there, guys. Run away. G-T-F-O. Run away. Oh. <laughs> and then, um, who else was not okay when we see Percy like come out, um, of the water, and then Annabeth just rushes to hug him? Who else was not okay here? Okay, so what, it's so classic that he starts, like, trying to explain himself, mm-hmm. and then, like, gets, like, the, like, cathartic hug. Like, that is such, like, hero boy shit. I love it. Just, like, it's not, it's not even, it's not even, like, ship things yet. Like, okay. Yeah. It, it can With, be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With that in mind, like... This is kind of the Percy Annabeth ship episode for this it season. Really is. Like, I really that is. Yeah. And so like I was noticing like I it it means nothing to me. They are so small that I'm like if there yeah. is any chemistry here, I am not picking up on it whatsoever because it I'm like it's not it's the furthest thing from my brain. <laughs> I'm picking up on their their friendship chemistry. Exactly. I'm like, she gave him that hug and I was like, oh my God, they're friends. Listen, listen, listen. Percibeth as as a ship encapsulates more than just them as a romantic pairing. It encapsulates their entire relationship and they had such a slow burn. Okay? They they do, yeah. They have such a slow burn. They're they're becoming besties now and I'm so happy. Like literally last episode, they almost called each other friends. This episode is when we get the first seaweed brain. So, so I'm not okay. I don't Good. know about I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm not okay. <laughs> but yeah, we we need to um continue on this quest, and uh, we're fugitives now. Percy doesn't even know how much of a fugitive he is, but yes. I'm so happy for you. You are waiting for this all season. I love that, <laughs> the vindication, and that everybody around me is just like, "Oh my god, Charlie, you get it." 
finally you're getting <laughs> what you needed. I'm like, yes, yes, this is this is what I wanted. I wanted Percy to be a fugitive because it's it's an important part in the books to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That like that's all that the people see. Like they can't see through the mist, but they know that this small boy has been around during some really bad shit happening. <laughs> Like, it's the Percy getting kicked out of schools, but worse. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's it's the world against you as a person, even though you are so small. Yeah, and then, it, and then you know, it, it always ups the stakes. Always gotta up the stakes with uh, mm-hmm. Fugitive Percy. So, uh, do you think they can hitchhike across the U.S. like this? Is, 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 no, probably not. I mean, not we know what's happening next episode, so... I know, but, like, but like they start to just, like, walk. Yeah, they're just going. Oh, what was their oh, plan? Oh, right. They just, like, start to walk, and then um, we get the we get the wonderfully iconic Percy being like, am I the last to know that, like, there's so much <laughs> going on here besides just, like, going to Hades and getting the bolts. Like, we don't know who stole it. Mm-hmm. We gotta be detectives here, guys. Um, <laughs> it's it's interesting to me to see Percy, like, invested in the quest for the first time. Uh, I do wonder if it would have been better to, like, seed some of these ideas earlier, because there's, like, payoff for this at the very end of this episode, and I wonder if that would have been more powerful if, like, some of the other characters have been talking about it. Mm-hmm. But it does make a lot of sense to me that Percy is being invested in this for the first time, given, like, his uh, n- new relationship with his dad. And also, he's like, Annabeth, why are you, like, upset? And I'm like, bro, literally she just had a falling out with her mom and now you're talking about how great your dad is? Like, yeah. can you... <laughs> Chill, like, he, the, the fact that he's now just like, my dad cares about me? My dad loves me? What? What? He has a he has a newfound optimism that we he have does, not he seen does. in the show until this episode. Like yeah, like boy, I love it. Even outside of like the idea of love, the very idea that his dad would do anything for him whatsoever is like blowing his tiny mind. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, he is he's a small little himbo, and I love him. <laughs> I love this boy. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Annabeth's also freaking out about the fates thing. Um, She's freaking out about the fates. She just had a falling out with her mom. And Percy's like, it's okay, you hugged me. And it's like, kid, no. (laughs) Prince can do that, right? Right? Yeah, they they can. But you're the one making it weird, Percy. (laughs) Listen, Percy, Grover was his first friend. Like, so he hasn't technically had a friend who was a girl yet. (laughs) Because Grover was his first friend ever. True, true. <laughs> we cry. We cry every time. Uh yeah, so um they they they're hiding because there's there's a car coming in. Oh, it's not a car. It's a motorcycle. Who's on this motorcycle? You know, it's it's that guy. Uh it's I wonder who it is. <laughs> uh he doesn't have um um the the motorcycle with uh white caucasian skin on it though. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, kind of yeah. sad to not have that detail. <laughs> You know what I'm kind of sad about? I recall Ares being depicted as, like, much more bearish than this guy. Mm. You know what? <sighs> you know what? I was, I'm I'm kind of like, he's not mean enough. Like, I, wa- I wanted to, like, I wanted immediately to be like, I want to punch this man in the face <laughs> when we need and see, him. I was more excited to see him, yeah. I was like, woo, it's Ares. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, he's here. But I was like, I'm not getting the vibes that I should okay. be getting. I know it's, I know, yes. like, 
so they didn't bring it up in the show, so yeah. I'm they're probably not going to. Uh in the book, there's a lot of emphasis on that being near Ares, like yeah. fucks you up and makes you angry. Yes. Like as a person. Like he has an aura. <laughs> yeah, it makes and- you want to like hit something or punch him or like anybody, mm-hmm. you know? And this guy, you are correct, he has more of a your weird biker uncle aura, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like He seems like he hangs out and watches the game. Like, I don't not dislike him, but I'm just like, I wanted to immediately just like be all in on hating him because like that is the vibe he gives to me in the book is that like, I mean, I'm glad we didn't get the whole like him being rude to a waitress thing, but like, you know, he does Mm. that in the book and I'm just like, oh, cool. I like really want to like kick you in the balls. Okay. So this show is much more sympathetic to like almost every figure we've seen. And so I was kind of wondering if that's what they're trying to do with Ares too, because he He's also part of this family, mm. but I I don't like his speech later about how he hates children. I'm like, oh fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, yeah I think that, that was where I was like, this is this is the part where you're you're getting a little bit like I really want to punch you in the face. But, but like that was that, the worst. Yeah, they play him as like vaguely likable, you know, uh, because it's more entertaining to watch and as uh, in a show. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know. I think. Um, I do hate that he calls them cousins. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I kind of liked that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, I know we're, we're trying to emphasize we're all family here. We're trying to emphasize it, but I want you to stop mentioning that we're all related. Okay? Yeah. Okay? Shipping Persebeth gets real weird when you remember that they are blood cousins. The think God about your DNA. incest. Think about your crimes. <laughs> Deuce, deuce. This is a real line from the books. The gods do not have DNA. We cannot get into this again. But I do want to point out um, that when in 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 the tunnel, when they're having their conversation, where Percy's like, "My mom was trying to keep me away from this family. She was trying to keep me away from you guys," and I was like, "You are." Like, explicitly involving Annabeth in your godly family, like, during the ship episode. Like, it is right there. Listen, they're all Greek. Um, <laughs> and that makes it okay? <laughs> it's Greek mythology. Incest is fine. Charles, your Grecophobia. Just, uh, cancel police. 911. Sorry, Charles. They're, they're hey, coming hey, for you. Hey, hey, Roman mythology is the same. I'm Italian. It's okay. You're not what? <laughs> Since fucking when? I have told you that I'm Italian many times. Charles, you're American. You're American, Charlie. Come on. And you're Canadian. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> Okay, okay, we're we're going to this halfway decent diner to talk to Aries. Um, although, okay, I'm, I gotta say, when I saw like the fact that he was just gonna ride up on his motorcycle while they're hitchhiking, I kind of thought we were gonna get the scene from like the musical, or I think it's tech. Is it is it actually the musical or is it a cuts scene of the musical? I can't remember now. But 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 there but there's there's a part in one of the musical songs that exists where they just ride on his bicycle, <laughs> and I was just like, "Are we gonna get that? Are they gonna all ride on Aries motorcycle for like five seconds?" I'm gonna be honest. I also I also was wondering that. Yeah, I mean, logistically, it doesn't really work. They are three children. <laughs> 
we're on the same bike. Okay, honestly, what I thought was going to happen was he was going to like manifest a sidecar or something. (gasps) Yes. It'd be so fun. Wait, okay. Now I kind of want fan art of this. Can we just like (laughs) fan art of like the kids in the show, Aries in the show, just like riding on the motorcycle together. Um, singing we're in the same bike we're in the same boat um anyway so he's starting a twitter war <laughs> i love i love the dead naming of twitter that goes on in this television show yes it's so good as you should as you should but but no respect we, for corporations don't we love that this is the modernization of aries is that he starts fights on twitter a fucking course he does. Like, how did I not predict that they were gonna do it like that? Like, that's what everybody does now. That's how you show that somebody's an asshole. Yeah. Honestly, speaking but that- of assholes. But- <laughs> yeah, so like the scene where he's on TV, <coughs> that was the moment where I realized because I saw it written out. And when I was a kid, I couldn't read Italian right mm-hmm. um, like we spoke it at home until i was like five and then i moved mm. away from the home that we spoke it in and so i lost all my italian for many years oh <laughs> <sighs> but yeah no i saw it come up on screen and i'm like wait a fucking second wait a minute <laughs> gabe the ugly asshole um stepfather uh he's he's there and we fucking hate him like the fact that he does, he legit cries over the car. <laughs> oh, Gabe. ABX News. I just noticed that. It's 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 called ABX News. What the fuck mm. is that? You know, just just cause. The, <laughs> it, it's 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 if ABC and Fox had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. Um, it's it's worse than just uh they they, they did that one thing on the arch and the train. Uh, but the FBI is after Percy for his mom's Yeah, they are wanted. They're wanted criminals! Yay! Uh, so they can't get places. Ares is gonna help them. But he needs collateral for this little quest he's gonna send them on. So Grover... Is that what happens in the book? I do not remember. No, no, okay, I did not think that that was what happened. Doesn't do a whole lot in the Waterland scene, so I think that. But he's just he's he's there the whole time. He's there. Okay, and they go in the the two of them go in the Tunnel of Love by themselves, and then Grover, I think, is I can't remember what he's doing, but he's using the flying shoes for some reason and doing something else. Um, That's fine. Uh, I, I think that this works very well as an adaptational change. Absolutely. Uh, since he doesn't have anything to do in that scene, we just remove him from the scene and give him something else to do that which, adds to this which? larger plot. There we go. Grover? Grover is truly a bard in this scene. Grover playing this man. So good. Because what did, what did Percy say early in this episode? We gotta be detectives. So what is <laughs> Grover doing? He is, uh, what is, what is the word? Uh, like, I can't, I can't think of words, but he's, 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 he's playing this man. Yeah. Um, telling him everything that he wants to hear. Just so good. So he can get the information that he needs. Like all of those deception and persuasion checks, like, <laughs> <laughs> Chef's kiss. I Beautiful. will say, 
I will say the the I'm 24 line very very funny. That one that one <laughs> did hit for me. Like like we had him say that randomly earlier, and now he's just like I'm 24. Like like we forgot. Yeah. Did we forget he's 24? We still haven't explained how that works. I don't think we're going to. But it's so yeah. funny. <laughs> like good for you. Okay, you're still a child to me. I'm a god who's lived for who who knows how many thousands of years. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Okay, but him being like, I appreciate your deep cuts is, like, so... I love that. I thought he was gonna mention, like, the emu war. Like, I really (laughs) thought he was gonna mention... Because because animals against people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is I, Grover. I, yeah, we're I see what you're saying. <laughs> actual like if if Grover actually cares about those other things, that's news to me. But I think actually Grover, his favorite war is the emu war um, with the Australians where they lost. Um. <laughs> you you can't say that. Sam's gonna listen to this. I bet. <laughs> Sam will agree with me. You can't tell me he won't. <laughs> Sam, this is a call out. <laughs> I support your Australian heritage, Sam. I support you losing to the emus. But yeah, that's that's just wonderful. So 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 Percy and Annabeth, they're going to this amusement park. Um uh there's there's so many good one-liners here though. I'm not gonna lie, there's so <laughs> many good ones. Um, like, oh, this has clearly been built by Hephaestus. Why would the god of blacksmiths build an amusement park? He finds them amusing? Annabeth, bring I it in. Not. The My comedy. God. I love her. I love her. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, also, uh, I think we're gonna have to, like, come after Frederick Chase. Um, like, I know we love him. I know he is our Dilf. But she's never I, I, seen a movie? She's never seen a fucking movie. She lived with him for seven years. Girl, what does that mean? You've Frederick never seen Chase. a movie. I'm coming. Do they not you. own a television? Like, hello? Like the the only thing that I can think of why she's never seen a movie is that like her her dad had her tr- or like only didn't watch like real movies. He watched like like historical like war movies or like some shit. And she was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm like six years old. I'm not watching this. Um, you know, you know, like why, oh, sir, sir, I'm coming after you. Um, but but Percy, we love a genre savvy boy. He's just like. We shouldn't go there. I've seen I've seen a, a couple horror movies. We shouldn't be going into this place. Um, I really thought that the gate was like a death trap, but Me too. it was turned out it was fine. <laughs> I was so confused at what was happening. Like he turns it, something turns on that's like it, it's celestial bronze. Uh it looks kind of like it might eat him. And so if that happened to me, if that shit like turned on above me, <laughs> like I would I don't think I would turn back. I think I would go through as quickly as I possibly could. Yes. I do not- I would not stop. Like, stopping in place feels like the worst idea to me. Yeah. I was like, guys, guys, if he stops in place, it's just immediately gonna eat him. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think this is gonna work out. But, but I do love that we're getting some more, like, Annabeth knowing some mechanical things. Ooh, mm. she, she likes to know how things work. 
This is <laughs> this is her thing. So like we're giving Percy a lot of the mythology stuff. Like Annabeth knows it, but she doesn't feel the need to explain it. Yeah, they did kind of move Percy to the mythology guy, which is interesting because he was not that before. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going with the whole like Sally taught him all the myths. She told mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. the stories. So Percy knows his mythology shit. Annabeth, we're giving her some more tinkering aspects, which is very cool. Um, you know, she she just she likes to know how things work and what makes them tick. It's very cool. Uh, we just, I don't know how they like decided it was going to be the tunnel of love that was the thing to go to, but I guess it's because it magically turned on as they were looking at it and they're like, I know what you're thinking, Percy, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because they know that Aries yeah. and Aphrodite were on a date. Yeah. The, yeah, that's where they would have gone. <laughs> they just, they didn't say it. And I was just like, wait. I think okay, they okay, did okay, say it, Charlie. I don't know. I think they did actually say that in the script. I think Annabeth and Percy were like, oh, yeah. I thought they just looked at the Tunnel of Love and they were like, that's it. No, um, dude. Like, right. I, I think that Charlie might be right, but the implication is very clear. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. it. I think, because I think it they were on a date. An, it was an implied, like, thing. They just didn't say it. Um, How many times did you watch this episode, Charlie? Four. <laughs> Clearly, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been doing lately. I've been like, I need to watch it a minimum of four times before I record. Okay. I know how this works. I'm um, very excited to be home because now I can make my roommates do an entire like rewatch of everything with me. And then yay! I'll be like set up for doing the rest of the series. I'm so glad. Did I did I tell y'all um, I had a date the other day and you know what we watched? You know what we watched? <laughs> <laughs> we watched the first two episodes. <laughs> of course you did. Listen, I am nothing if not a Percy Jackson stan. <laughs> Literally nothing. It's my entire identity. Um, so yeah, uh, the, 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 the Aries and Aphrodite were on a date, and it's Hephaestus' place, that's why they ran out really quick. What, okay, what? so, uh, they're when they're in there, and what is love starts playing, I'm- that okay. killed me. Okay, <laughs> tell me this is not the most Percy Jackson shit you have seen in this show so far. No, like, you're right, you're right. I was so happy, you should have seen my face, like, light up, I was like, oh, they- what? Yes! Perfect! <laughs> like, it's not a thing that happened in the books, but it is so, like, it would be a thing to happen. Uh-huh. And then showing the story of Hephaestus not as, like, beautiful Greek architecture or what the fuck ever. It's a light show on the side of this, like, ride that's so I, cool. It works did perfectly. We, did we not love the animation here? Like, like, it was so weird and cool. Like, you get you get Hera, and then you see inside her stomach, and it's a little baby Hephaestus. And then she, like, poops him out. Um, <laughs> like, literally. And then she's like, eh, throw you away. And then you see just, like, everything happen. Like, oh, rejected by Hera, rejected by Aphrodite. And then by the end of it, Ares, like, hits him on the head. And it looks like he kills him, but... <laughs> It's just, it, and then the song just works so well for the story. It, yeah, too. yeah. Like, when you realize that, that's so good. Uh, when Percy is like, I think I heard this in a commercial once or whatever. He fucking says that's a personal attack. They are trying an, to make us feel old at an orthodontist office. Oh God, kill Might me. Might as well crawl in my grave now. 
I can't. I can't. But you know what? That is something that Percy Jackson would say. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. He would. <laughs> it's true. Oh, like the amount of times that he's always just like, it was like some old song by this dude. Gross. Like, <laughs> Percy. That's another why thing. Why are you mean? It's, it's like a similar thing to the whole like using Twitter to start like flaming mm-hmm. wars on the internet. Um, I really do wonder what this would have been if they did it as a period piece. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about the fact that the kids who play the characters were either not alive or like very newly freshly alive when the books were coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, what would it feel like for them to depict the events of Percy Jackson in the books unchanged? You know, that was just something that this episode made me think about. And I agree because there are like cultural references, like specifically in the books. And I I understand why they didn't do it as a period piece because Rick has always like asserted that the books are happening like in the modern time. And that yeah. even if like the timeline doesn't match up, that doesn't matter. Uh, because they want it to be relatable to modern kids no matter what. Right. And, like, I I understand that writing philosophy. But, like, um, Animorphs has done the same thing where they, like, re-released yes. the first few books the with, like, updated... Editions. Yeah. And I... That sucks to me. It sucks. They, Animorphs is, a, is about the 90s. It is exactly. so 90s. That's where it belongs. <laughs> God. So I don't know where I stand on that for Percy Jackson. And I don't mind them doing it this way at all. I, I actually think that this works for me because of the way that Percy Jackson has always been about, like, the incongruity of, like, the ancient and the modern. And, yeah. like, le- using even more modern cultural references, I feel like, is in the spirit of that. So I'm, like, down with it, like, being updated to right now. Right. I still think that 2005 Percy would think that What is Love is a really, really old song. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That is true. (laughs) Even though it, like, came out when he was alive. (laughs) I looked it up. It's, like, 1993, and I'm like, Percy, 2005 Percy was born in 1992. He would still (laughs) think this is a fucking old song. (laughs) Because he likes to drag people. That's That's who he is. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. I, I I enjoy y'all having, like, different takes on the show. Well, I'm just, like, I'm still, I'm still just in love with every bit of it. Um. That, that's what you bring to, <laughs> to media analysis, is having a good time. Listen, <laughs> listen, unless I really, really hate the thing, um, uh, most of my media analysis is, like, yeah, like, this could have been better, but I'm still enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. Just don't get me started on Merlin again. Just don't get me started on <laughs> Merlin again. <laughs> um, and... Uh- I think that that's like basically my philosophy too, is that I like having a good time and enjoying things. But at the same time, I think that like this kind of analysis is really interesting. And so I want to emphasize that like when I have like complaints or like things to say that does not reduce my enjoyment, I'm having a good time talking about it, you know? (laughs) Unless it's, you know, the Lightning Thief musical and it's got too many ballads. The musical's fine. It's not my thing, though. It has too many ballads. <laughs> I love a good ballad. <laughs> okay. So, um, once again, this ride has, like, the weird uh, thing at the end where they have to, like, jump. 
And I'm I'm so confused. I don't even I I've already forgotten how it worked in the book, like what was going on here. Um I'm glad yeah, there's just a death trap at the end of the ride. There's just the death trap at the end of it. Maybe this is supposed to be an unfinished theme park, and that's especially why it's a horror movie. Um, either <laughs> yeah. abandoned or unfinished or something. Uh I'm you know what? I just realized we nixed the the mechanical spiders. Um <laughs> So you just realized, yeah. <laughs> I, I I forgot they were there in this scene, so I just realized we don't know about Annabeth's phobia. Yeah, we that has never know. come up. We don't know about it, so we're going to have to learn about it in some time in the future. Uh, I'm fine with them not doing a mechanical spider trap because yeah, like, we, we were it. talking about the CG animation like at the beginning of this. Having to CG a shit ton of mechanical spiders would not look any better. You don't you, you don't want to I mean? see like um Ralph from Spy Kids 2, like like but like a million <laughs> of him? You don't want to see that? Mm. I I love that that little guy. Like I don't I don't like actual <laughs> spiders, but mechanical spiders, that's fine. They are that's charming. Fine. Mechanical spiders are my besties. Okay. I think rip to Annabeth, but I'm different. <laughs> I think I think maybe both of you need to go to jail. <laughs> Why? What do we do? Spider crimes. Juice, juice. I have arachnophobia, but it's only for the actual living creature. Okay? Okay. Robot spiders are even worse. (laughs) I'm sorry that mechanical spiders are cute. Uh, Actual spiders are also cute sometimes. I don't like them in my house. Mm. I take them out in cups. Uh, But uh, Mm. I think tarantulas are like the most charming little lads. Mm. Okay, okay. The only time I have ever seen a cute spider was in, this is gonna be a deep cut, the Cirque de Freak movie. (laughs) (laughs) The only time I can recall seeing a cute spider Mm. spider, because it was a CG spider, (laughs) was not real. Anyway, um, d- d- no, no more, no more of uh, of that. I'm done. Um, water. We're we're in the water. Um, we're gonna drown. Does Annabeth? Is it just the current's too strong, or can she not swim? I was so concerned at what's happening. My impression was that the current was too strong. Um, I don't know if I love how this part was filmed because I'm just like, what is happening? There's so much going yeah, on. They're in the water. I agree. And then Percy's trying to do water powers. It's a little unclear, but. Yeah. Like, you know what's gonna happen, which is that Percy is going to save Annabeth. And so, like, it's not, like, a huge deal that it's a little unclear, but it, yeah, it could have been executed better. Yeah, that, I feel like that's, that's my one critique, really, about this episode. Um, but hey, hey, remember, remember when we were theorizing about all the things that we're seeing in the trailers, and we were just like, what is going on with this Mm -hmm. room with like, this chair, and this shield, and all the stuff on the walls, we were just like, I think I think our theory was that maybe this was like a temple to like Aphrodite or to Eros or like something, right? I we think did that w- figure out that it was Ares' shield and that it was in the ride. Yeah, we figured but out. But yeah, it was we were in like, is that a temple to Aphrodite? I don't know. I still don't know who this woman is. Um. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm looking at the seam right now. It does mm-hmm. kind of look like she's coming out of a shell. So maybe it could be Aphrodite. Um. It could also be Hera if yeah, we're linking no. it to the chair. No. Mm, wait. But, 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 sorry. 
Um, earlier, they did say that, like, the chair is the bargain. Hera went into the chair, and then he got mm. Aphrodite. Aphrodite. So I think, out of I that, think, yeah. Okay. The, I think the statue is supposed to be Aphrodite, because like I said, it looks kind of like a shell, mm-hmm. and then going on with all of this. Um, but I did theorize, like, last episode that this 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 uh golden chair i was like oh but they're in the ride what's what's this have to do with it wait wait that's Hera's chair wait that's the that's the the magical throne that traps her i, got I was it. so proud i was so happy when they started talking about that i was like oh my god <laughs> i did it y'all i was so happy Listen, that's why I really like this episode is because one, I was right. Two, (laughs) they used a new mythology thing that I was like, oh, oh, that makes so much sense if we're going with the Hephaestus thing. I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm very into it. Just, just, I just like it, guys. I just like this show. Okay. Um, yeah, so the, so they realize that the bargain is that you have to sit in the chair and then you can get the shield back. Um. Yeah, uh, and then they have this whole argument that, like, Percy can't be, like, the selfless guy and do this again. He can't, you know, push her, push her back into the stairwell. But, but, that's why you're on this quest, Annabeth, because if the quest demands that he be sacrificed, you're supposed to be the one who would do that. And yet, uh, these kids need some self-preservation for fucking real. Yeah. Like, children, they are both fighting so hard to get into this chair. Please. Like, I will die for this quest. No, I will die for this quest. Both of you shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is this is why we couldn't have Grover with them because Grover would be like, guys, oh, seriously, yeah, no. we can't do this. This isn't gonna happen. Grover would both- get in that chair. Grover would get in the chair because he's both of their protector. Like, mm. like, but also we we can't. We I feel like um I miss talking about like the PTSD that Annabeth and Grover must feel for almost losing Percy last episode oh. because well. Like, uh, I can't this we has to be it. like weirdly reminiscent to Talia. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Like your friend turns into like a statue and then like can't do anything, uh. and you're like, oh well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we also we also cut back to like the the Grover Aries thing. So so. Like, he just keeps going off to give him some things that he wants to hear. Even yes. talking shit about Athena. Okay, the line, we're so sure that she's a genius and that I, no owl, am not, is so fucking funny. <laughs> it's a nasty little rodent that she talks to. <laughs> feathered. Feathered rodent. Still. Still. Beautiful. Um, and then Grover uses that to be like, yeah, like, why can't you be so cool? You found the lightning thief and she didn't. Oh, 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 mm. oh. Mm. But, but Ares is like, well, uh, well, even I know that, like, your friend isn't the thief. But, like, they still have a moment of them looking at each other and being like, how's this going to go? Like, what information can I reveal? What can I say here to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. keep And my apparently stance? Grover has gleaned enough from that. So we'll see what he says next episode. I think that Grover thinks it's Clarice. Mmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause Grover, cause we can't reveal the Luke of it all this early on. Oh yeah, there's no way. There's no way that we're gonna reveal the Luke of anything huh. right now. Um, cause it's way too early. That has to happen at the last episode. It's still called We Learn the Truth, sort of. Mm. That's the last episode <laughs> title. So we're gonna we we gotta save the Luke thing for the end. But 
And then we also know that um, the gods can't take each other's items. So it's definitely not Ares who stole the thing. Who's it going to be? It's going to be Clarys. <laughs> if he's gleaning stuff from Ares and Ares keeps talking shit about like, oh yeah, my kids try to impress me and all this shit. Like, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. He, he did specifically bring up his own children. You're right. Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. That's, I that's was, just I was, my thought. Yeah, I was also surprised to hear him talking about his kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that he hates all children, but he hates his kids maybe slightly less. Um, <laughs> but he's still just like, oh. Clarice you know? deserves a better dad. I hate this man so fucking much. <laughs> oh, I want to know how they're going to do things. If if we if we get another season and we get the Clarice and Aries stuff next season, I want to know how they're going to do that. Yeah. So, so we have talked about how this show tends to be gentler with its, like, evil characters and how everyone is portrayed as, like, a little sympathetic, like how Gabe did not feel as horrible at the beginning. And I'm wondering if that's just for, like, the pleasantness of the audience. And I'm wondering how deep we're going to get into, like, actual child abuse. Because Gabe, Smelly Gabe, and Ares are both, like explicit like physical child abusers in the books and that is something that has not been addressed at all in the show and i'm wondering if like given that it is like a middle grade focused show if we're not gonna see that like implication at all at all interesting that it like in books you can get more graphic and more explicit with some of these things Mm -hmm. and then in a visual media you can't Mm -hmm. it's it's so interesting yeah. how, why that is. And like, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what else I have to say there. Just, just it's I interesting. Do, I do think that it could get fraught, especially with the child actors, to depict yeah. physical mm-hmm, abuse. Mm-hmm. And even in the books, that's never directly depicted. It's always the implication. Yeah. Like talking about it or like threatening it. Yeah. But like, like I, I, I keep going on about episode three. We kind of did imply some things about Poseidon in episode three, even if that's not necessarily what they were trying to say. They did use some words and some language to say some things. So I don't know where things are going to be headed. Yeah, I'm wondering what they are willing to depict in this show, you know, because it is different seeing something versus reading about it. It really is. Yeah. And like, I don't and it's different have... trying to film something than talking about it. Yeah, I don't want to have to have like these child actors go through those things. Well, like, yeah. Like, and have to like film that and have to like figure out how to film that and like, you know, do it with child actors. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I wish it didn't have to be like so censored necessarily in a visual media and that we could still like hmm. know that these things are happening. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know where this I'm, I'm I'm just curious about how much they are willing to depict. I think that it's interesting. I don't actually know what the show is rated. Uh do you off the top of your head? Um PG th- TBPG. TBPG? Um, yeah. Well that is a pretty low rating. <laughs> As you know one what? might hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least it's not Y7. <laughs> but you know what? Avatar got away with a lot of things, and it was Y7. Honestly, I feel as though martial combat is thought of as less violent than weapon combat. It's weird, right? Like, or, sorry, I said martial combat. What I meant was martial arts. Yeah, I, I know. I, I understood yeah. what you meant. Sorry. I'm just, um, we're, we're going we're gonna to get the fencers in here being like, martial combat doesn't use weapons. Um... <laughs> Okay, again, but no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and then also 
like on top of that cartoon violence is like not as bad as yeah. like human violence yeah. or what have you. No, mm-hmm. if you if you had a real adult human person punching another real adult human person, that would be a very different piece than a teenager kicking a teenager in a cartoon and also they're doing like karate at each other. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very it it has in the eyes of especially like Western audiences become very toned down, you know, hand to hand combat. There we go. I found the word. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, um, continuing on, uh, Percy gets in the chair. Um, we're all very sad and OK. It was kind of OK. OK. You're not so emotional. I'm what- emotional. <laughs> I think what doesn't work about this scene for me is that the scene itself does not feel perilous enough. This is a very, very harrowing choice, and I kind of don't believe that either of these characters would allow each other to make that choice in a situation that is not directly life or death. I think that they would have been like, okay, then we don't get the shield and we leave. Like, I, it doesn't seem realistic to me that Annabeth would let Percy get in the chair. See, see, okay, okay. Um, The conversation that happens, like, after this with Hephaestus is a lot like, I don't want to be, like, that way. We're literally yeah. being that way right now by continuing on this quest, guys. Like, am I wrong? Am I wrong? We don't have to I... do this quest for Ares. We don't have to do this quest for Poseidon, Zeus, whoever, if we're following the, if we are trying not to explicitly follow the rules of this world, but we are still following the rules of this world. I disagree, because the quest is to save the world, like, uh... But you also don't have to do the Ares thing. What's that one meme with the, with the Nazi that comes out of a well, and he's like, you criticize the king, yet <laughs> you live in his kingdom. You, you criticize society, yet you participate in it. it very interesting. I'm very intelligent. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've, I've seen this meme, but like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's happening here. <laughs> They're saying that they don't want but, to participate in this society, and yet- But I'm saying they that are. they, the, the point of the meme and also of what I'm saying is that, uh, whether or not they want to play, like, the gods' games, they are being coerced into playing the gods' games under threat of world-ending disaster and war. Yeah, and that's and again, that's why they're doing like this thing for Ares, and that's why they're like, well, this is the only way to get the shield out of here. Like, we don't have anything strong enough to break it out of this lady's arms. What else are <laughs> we supposed to do? We have to follow the rules of the game. Sad to say it. And I, I get that. Like, it's not like uh completely immersion breaking. But it, it doesn't work for me. Uh, be- like, they have made decisions like this before in the books. Like, this is not completely outside of the realm of possibility. But I'm I'm saying it, it just does not feel urgent enough to have not tried, like, everything else first. I, I get why this scene is here. I, like, it's a parallel to the last episode. Um, they're trying to, like, uh, explore this theme of self-sacrifice more. They're trying to do something that doesn't involve thousands of CGI metallic spiders. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the thing. You could just buy. You could just buy a robot spider toy and like mod you, it. Juice, would you buy a robot spider toy? Well, I mean, I wouldn't personally, but I'm talking about <laughs> from a film production perspective, Charles. As a person who has been on a set or two in my life, they say being a background actor on five movies ever. Uh, <laughs> um, still famous <laughs> in my heart. 
Um, it's like, I definitely prefer when actual things are on set and it's not Mm -hmm. the AD yelling at me about what they're going to put in in post. Like, Mm -hmm. it just makes a better experience all around in the end product and in the, like, in the process of the creation of the art. I I think the the only thing that, like, doesn't work for me is Annabeth, like, trying to sacrifice herself. Like, I get, she's like, Percy did it for me last time. I need to do it this time. But like, Annabeth, you're the only one who could probably figure out this device and how to like undo it. So clearly Percy has to be the one to go into it. And so they don't even consider that though. Like until after Percy has been turned to gold, Annabeth does not seem like she has even thought about trying to like personally undo it. And then, and so like, the fact that they didn't, like, look at the mechanisms beforehand to see if she could figure it out to see if there was another way to release the shield. I don't... It just you know doesn't... What? Yeah. You know what? The reason why the Annabeth doesn't get to figure it out is is because Percy and his dumbass self-sacrificial attitude is just like, no, I'm we're, I'm gonna go for it. Like, this is what I have to do. Like, I have I have to sacrifice myself. Like, I have to do this. And, like, she's like, no, 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 no I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Like, just, well, I can't lose you. What's like, interesting to me is that Annabeth offered first. And she also offered first last time. And she also offered to let them bury her hat. It's like, Annabeth uh, is very pragmatic and thinks that sacrifices yeah. need to be made. And she is prepared to make those sacrifices personally first. And I think that that's a very interesting character trait for show Annabeth to have. I still disagree mm-hmm. that she was like fully on board with them doing that to her hat. She I, says she is. She's she, not going to say anything about it. She hesitated and she's like, she did. Okay. Like, there's I'm a difference like, between like mm-hmm. being willing to do something and being yeah. fully on board with it. Like, like I think that she was going to let that happen. Like, yeah, she might have been able to let it happen, but she was like not. She did not. Yeah, obviously she's not cool with that. That's why it's interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I got lost in this this uh scene because like we get Percy being like, just promise me something, and like Annabeth's like, obviously I will make sure to save your mom. I'm not leaving the underworld without her. And he's like, yeah, thanks. Um, I'm. I meant like, can you maybe get me out of this thing once the quest is over? Like Th- that was good writing. I like that. Uh, like that entire conversation there. I'm I'm soft. Um, <laughs> okay, that's where that's where my brain was in this scene. Y'all were were more focused on the other parts, and I was just like, they're friends. But also, the first ever time we get seaweed brain, um, they're friends, <laughs> guys. Friendship. Um, I the, do love friendship. The shield, the shield falls to the ground. Annabeth like goes over to it, and then she's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna get him out of this thing." Like mm-hmm. she walks around it and starts trying to figure out this mechanism. And that's when we get "quote unquote" fairground worker. If you see, if you see in the subtitles, that's what it calls him for a moment. And I think that's the funniest thing. Obviously, <laughs> it's Hephaestus. <laughs> I appreciate it. I hate it when the subtitles spoil people's identities. Like, that pisses me off so bad. Like, I, I mean, I appreciate it, but I just think it's funny. <laughs> like, as as someone who uh, who knows what's happening and knows mm-hmm, what is mm-hmm. about to go on, you hearing, um, I can't remember, it's Timothy Odmanson? Is that how you say his name? What, him When you hear his voice and, and that happens, I'm like, uh, subtitles, why are you lying to me? Um... <laughs> So he's there and he's saying like, hey, come on out. Like, it's there, there's, there's nothing wrong. Like, there, here's the exit. Here's some stairs or a ladder or whatever. 
Um, so I I need to have a little interlude here for a moment. Oh yeah. I would like to take you guys on a little journey. Um, this is gonna be probably the shortest thing ever, but in case you missed it, but um <laughs> We're back. We're back, y'all. Um, so why Hephaestus has this little flute? My thoughts mm. on that are because of um one son that he has in Greek mythology named Ardalus, son of the god Hephaestus, who is said to have invented the flute. Oh, how nice. I'm going to be like honest of- with you guys. The only yeah. time I have ever heard that name said out loud is when a person with a British accent said it. And so I didn't <laughs> I didn't know there was an R in there. <laughs> Well, I've never heard it said out loud. I have never heard this name, so you're ahead of me. (laughs) Literally, you know how I found this out? I just googled Hephaestus flute and just kept looking at the things (laughs) and ignored everything that was music. And then I found this Wikipedia page and also like a Theoi site about Hephaestus' family. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's interesting. So he has a son who invented the flute. He also built a sanctuary um, to the muses. Now, is that um, invented like the Aulos or in, like what kind of flute? Uh, unclear. This Wikipedia page just says flute. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, this is this story is recorded in the works of Pausanias. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> what is what is what does the Theoi page say? Let me let me see. Hephaestus flute. Because like I said, that's what I looked up. I looked up Hephaestus flute to see if that would bring me anything. Maybe. I mean, it's what he has around his neck isn't even an aloes. It looks more like a pan flute. Well, see, that's, which that's is, why I'm wondering. Yeah. And um, also, like, you know, those, those, um, are they like friezes? Like, um, around the walls in this, um, in this building that we're in, it's, there's like satyrs and stuff. So I, I was wondering what else is going on here anyway. Uh, Theoi also just says inventor of the flute. Hmm. So I do not know. It looks like, uh, the pan flute is, uh, credited to pan for invention, which I mean fucking makes sense. So Makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what kind of flute it would be then, though. That's wild. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. But it's still interesting regardless. Also, if there's supposed to be some relationship between Hephaestus and Pan, I don't know. I know of the relationship between Hermes and Pan, but Hephaestus? I'm very confused. So... <laughs> This is uh, very interesting to me, but we can continue. <laughs> it, within the context of the show, I I like the way that they have used this. Uh, yeah, you know, him using so cool. the tones to control things around him. I think that that's very cool. Yeah, that's very good. I I I just I liked it. I definitely I saw that in the like the pictures of him, and I didn't really think about it until watching the show. I was like. Mm-hmm. Why does he have a pan flute? What's going on there? Why? I'm very confused. But uh, that's cool. And then, as we already mentioned, we have the the scene of like, I'm not going to be that way. Um, uh, that is really interesting to me. Like, uh, having already established that Hephaestus was abused by the other gods, uh, in for this very same like, uh, kind of appearance-based relationships um and like her saying all this to him when he is like the one god who you could uh, insult like their entire family in this way and would be understanding of that you know like like out of anyone he is the one who's going to be the most understanding of the situation Mm -hmm. because they've they've all been using and abusing him his whole life and so she's just like yeah i don't think we should continue this cycle of abuse and he's like 
yeah, you're right. Like I've, <laughs> I've also been continuing this and I, and I don't really want to be that way either. I just don't know how. Thank you, small child. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to give you this. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll put in a good word for your mom. I like, yeah, that whole scene's quite interesting. And I like his character. Like, I like this Hephaestus more than I like book Hephaestus. And he's been with <laughs> us for like five minutes, not even. So... <laughs> I don't know. Just like all, all that we have seen from this Hephaestus, I enjoy him more. I will say of all Hephaestus depictions I've ever seen in my life, I was expecting the TV show Hephaestus to be like more visibly disabled mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. this Hephaestus. Yeah, I, I mean, also had that is, issue. The sad thing is that he doesn't like really do anything other than stand in one spot. But I believe stand in one is- spot and hang out. <laughs> He uses yeah. a cane. Like it's not cane, like they have entirely and... erased disability from the character. Um it is I want to say it is actually one of um the actor's canes or something. Oh. Like, because he yes, he is a disabled man. He oh. has a stroke. So okay, maybe maybe I was maybe I was misreading the vibe. Okay, I was okay. Aware of this. So no, I I think that it's very good to like have a disabled actor play a disabled character, and like that that authenticity is like uh, valuable. Um, I don't think that your complaint doesn't have merit. Uh, are you guys? familiar with like so i know that people hate it when you like conflate like race and disability as like comparison points but um to me it's like colorism where like you uh cast an actor of the correct race but like specifically one who is lighter skinned than another one Mm. like this actor is actually a disabled person but like it could have been a more visibly disabled person who might have even more trouble getting roles and like it becomes this whole like interconnected like political thing but i i do think that the complaint has merit (laughs) i you know okay obviously i am a white person i am a caucasian as they say but i i do actually i do actually think that your line of comparison there has a lot of weight to it has a lot of merit to it. Um, mm. Cause yeah, no, cause like um, I do identify as a disabled person, but at the same time, mm. I am not paraplegic. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. Yeah. yeah. It's a different way. Yeah. yeah. There's a spectrum of disability and. And like um, in, sorry, but like in the, like the mythology from what we know of him, he has like a clubbed foot that, that is the, the representation from the actual sources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This actor just had a stroke. And he uses a cane to get around. Which... I wouldn't say just about having a stroke. Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. But it's a, it's a different way. It's a, it's different, a different thing. Disability. And it's a disability which does not affect his attractiveness on screen, which, you know. I was going to say, it... like, this man is supposed to be ugly? Really? <laughs> not really to me. <laughs> That's the yeah. end of it. That's the thing, right? Because I mean, we've we've been spoiled by good omens, haven't we? With like angels <laughs> that straight up just like have amputated hands and mm-hmm. are like fully, completely like in a wheelchair full time. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, the the disabled angel representation in Good Omens, oh, chef's kiss, ma, just so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, w- I was um, happy when I heard that he was being cast because I knew that he was a disabled actor and that he, do- he does, um, I rewatched the scene again, he does like walk away um, using his cane. So like we do get like some visual representation, but it's not. representation, which is, which is relatively rare. Yeah, that is something. Uh, and it, 
Yeah. This is a more complicated discussion than I feel like we are technically prepared for to have in this yeah. podcast, but uh As yeah. it happens. we can appreciate what has been done and we can appreciate the actor for doing a great job and we can also wish that more had been done. Yeah. There 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 could be more there, but hey, hey, I like this Hephaestus. That's all that I that uh, that I <laughs> want to talk about here is that he's cool. Um, even though he's there for five seconds. Um, See, and- I love what's done with Book Hephaestus. I think he's one of the most interesting, like, godly characters we got. So, like... I don't hate him by any <laughs> means. I just enjoyed this, like, sympathetic... I Like, I found this one to be even yeah, more yeah. sympathetic than the book. And, like, it, like, we didn't even, like, see him talk about, like, the relationship with Hera and Aphrodite. But, like, seeing, seeing that, like, depiction of, like, how he sees himself, I'm just like, I like you. Mm-hmm. You, you know? Oh, uh, 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 you're interesting. You're very interesting to me. Yeah, um, and I, I'd be very interested to see, like, where the show continues to go and, like, if we ever get to Battle of the Labyrinth and what they do with him there. I just love the exploration of masculinity in Battle of the Labyrinth, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, we, yeah. We're, we're getting a ride. We're we're gonna go in the back of a weird truck uh, that <laughs> Ares found. We love it, don't we? Uh, thanks, Ares. And then Percy kind of goes oh, wait, off what on What does Ares. Grover say? Uh, thank you for the emotional abuse and the cheeseburgers. Yes, <laughs> I need that on a T-shirt, actually. <laughs> very good it's a beautiful line best one-liner but percy uh does kind of have a moment of like he wants to punch aries in the face and he doesn't so so i'm wondering if like next episode it is gonna come up that like aries kind of makes him feel that way because that is more aggressive than we've seen show percy really be um I also thought it was really, really interesting that Annabeth was so prepared to stand up to Ares and, like, call him out and stuff. Because book Annabeth would not do that. (laughs) I feel as though all three of them sort of had a, like, an outspokenness to them in the final Mm -hmm. moments of the episode. They do. I I did just love that Annabeth. Okay, um, I missed it earlier, but there was specifically a moment when, like, Annabeth and Ares were in the diner. And she's just, like, calling him out and, like, sassing him. And he's just like, okay, have no fear. And yeah, I... Okay, going back to, like, some <laughs> things that we have discussed from the short stories and how his literal sons are the gods of fear and terror, mm. he would know that you have no he, fear. He would, yes. I love uh, it. And I do think that that is an interesting character choice for show Annabeth because you know they do play her as a very neurodivergent person who like has kind of a deadpan affect and uh yeah her not backing down in a kind of aggressive social situation is very interesting but that is not what book Annabeth would do when she because she is very proper with all of the gods Unless mm-hmm. things go like fucking wild, um. but but we could also be like, um, like this is a different interpretation, and like this is Aries. Remember, we already yes. know that Aries and yes. Athena have a thing, so she's just like, I don't need to respect Aries because my mom doesn't <laughs> even respect him. So, so what what I want to bring up, and I don't necessarily believe this because I think that it's a character choice for this character, but something mm-hmm. that we have discussed previously is like the Herminification of Annabeth <laughs> as like becoming like more g- getting to do everything in the visual interpretation as opposed to the book interpretation. So interestingly, 
I've I've been talking with the other Percy Jackson podcasters, and they've been saying that they think she's getting the Ron Weasley effect instead mm, because that she has less to do because percy is getting a bunch of the mythology like lines and things like he knows more so mm-hmm, she doesn't have to mm-hmm. explain as much so she's getting less to do so hmm. i don't i i want to i want to hear hear more of what you were you're what you're thinking here with the hermione effect though like what, oh, what were you just thinking because Percy's thing is being the defiant one, and Grover and Annabeth tend to be very subdued in front of all of the other gods and, mm. like, important figures, uh, uh, except as without, like, uh, differing circumstances, because Annabeth sure does call some people out. Um, but giving her something to do that Percy normally does, which has happened a couple of times. Mm. Yeah, and so you could think of it as, like, them taking each other's things in certain parts, or, and this is where I'm leaning, you can think of it as slightly having tweaked these characters' personalities in this version of this story. And this version of Annabeth is more outspoken, and this version of Percy has grown up in a slightly different way from Book Percy. Yeah, this Percy knows more about the world that he's in because Sally told him all about these things. So he's got some knowledge. And then this Annabeth doesn't understand social situations. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a, she's a little neurospicier than she was oh, in the books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Juice, are you picking up on it? Because we're just like, Annabeth's got the tism. Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Did I ever tell you guys about that fact? Okay, this is a bit off course, but did I ever tell you guys about that time that one of my classmates, like, tried to... Try, try to try to armchair diagnose me with autism. Yes, yes. I think I remember you saying this. There was something on okay. your bag, like. Yeah. Well. Okay. okay. So. So. Um. I'm. I'm a frog enjoyer. I'm an enjoyer yes. of frogs. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. And so I had a bag that had an image. It was like an image of a frog, and then the slogan was "Oops, I forgot." As in, like, frog <laughs> forgot. Good. Beautiful. Good. Good. I forgot. It's very cute. And then I had a bunch of pins on it that were different frog pins. And one of my classmates like was pointing, and it was it. It's really funny to me because um, if you're trans or gay, you might have heard of the phrase "prime directive" before, <laughs> which is to say. Um, you shouldn't tell somebody what they are, even if it's really obvious to you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm. It there's also it, it goes hand in hand with like the idea of cracking somebody else's egg, mm. right? Yeah, you're um, you're supposed to let people go on that journey on their own. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's really funny to me now because like <laughs> the year previous, a individual in my friend group was giving off like real egg vibes and i was talking to it with another non-binary friend of ours and then our Mm. cis friend like leaked that conversation to the egg friend and we hadn't broken the prime directive but the cis friend had like broken the prime directive on our behalf essentially Mm -hmm. Mm. and so like we ended up like me and the me and the friend who had was you know exhibiting egg behaviors. You know we had a conversation about how the like the non-binary friend and I were talking about how they were giving off egg vibes. But it's like we wouldn't have had that conversation had that friend not broken the prime directive. But anyway, <laughs> in well, this wait, autism okay. scenario, was this before you realized? 
was this like this person diagnosing you before? No, 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 no. Like I, okay. I mean, I got diagnosed with ADD back in 2012. So yes, but was was this before you started realizing you were maybe autistic? As well? No, 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 no. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't before. Okay. I, no. Okay. But just want to make sure. Um. No, but like the 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 thing. It's like okay, but like so. What I'm trying to get at, Umbrella, is that, like, it's fine for us to be here and, like, diagnose a, a fictional character with autism, and that's fine, mm-hmm. because Annabeth is a fictional character. But yes. yeah. you, the listener, if you go out into your real human life and diagnose oh, no. people verbally with autism in real life, in human space, in meat space, I will come and I will haunt your ass. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, uh, the thing is that you as a layperson do not tell other people about their identities. Yes. Like, that's the actual issue is like, like, you can speculate about a person being trans or not. You do not tell another person if they are trans or not. No. You do not tell another person, like, if they have a mental illness because you don't know that shit. I was going to say, we've- There's a variety of human experience. <laughs> we've yes. literally had this conversation where I'm just like- I don't, I don't know if I'm autistic. And then you guys are just like, you are. <laughs> yeah, you sorry for diagnosing you with that autism. Out of the episode. Cut that out of the episode. Uh. <laughs> you guys literally diagnosed me. We- <laughs> no, okay, okay yes, we have literally done this thing to there's you specifically. Yeah, I was also opening the conversation, though. Like, there, there is this distinct difference, because I'm pretty sure I was opening the conversation and being like, yeah, I've technically been diagnosed with ADD, but they were just like, nah, that kid's not autistic. And then you guys were just like making faces. Um, <laughs> Listen to me. We are very... Me. Okay. There's a difference between you saying, I have been tested for autism in the past, and the results were, you know, the results were not entirely aligned with the reality I experienced. And then us being like, well, the results of that test may not be aligning with the reality you experience because you experience a reality that we experience. Like, there's a difference between... Which is tism. Yeah. There's a difference between that and me being in a classroom in front of yeah. my fucking professor in a room full of adults, and the yeah, person, like, like the person behind me in my classroom being like, Wow, that really gives off very autistic vibes. And I, I, just, I had to turn around and say yeah. to him, I was like, "Hey, so just so you know, like, and this is a this is a real human conversation that I had with this individual in Meet Space. I was like, "Hey, just so you know, you can't say that about people in real life. Like, yeah, yeah no, it's like, not a thing you can say. Like, there, a, there is a difference between way. having a conversation with a friend and also like this, this uh, uh, relates to the queer shit too, where like." You can be like, hey, have you ever considered this? Like, this seems like it, like, if you relate to some of these things and, like, you exhibit some of these behaviors that I also relate to, then maybe, probably, you could be trans or you could be bisexual or you could have autism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely a difference than, like, when when the conversation has been opened up or like some random person being like, huh, frogs, are you autistic? Like <laughs> Yeah, bro? exactly. Literally. Bro? Yeah, literally. No. Literally. That's straight up derogatory. Sorry. Like Yeah, yeah, no, straight yeah. up. Except it wouldn't be if I was like if if like I knew that that person was autistic and yeah, like yeah, it was like a conversation. A there when there's like, like there's a conversation happening. If we had an established rapport, there would be a different thing going on. Yeah. yeah. There's a difference. But you cannot just go up to strangers and say that their frogs are autistic. Yeah. Well, no, and that's the <laughs> thing, right? Because when I was in spec ed as a kid, people would call me and people would call me oh. autistic. And it's like, 
So, you know, as a person who came out of the special ed program in my elementary school and in my middle school experiences, you know, to have somebody call me autistic in a classroom setting. No. Like, it's not good for me. (laughs) No. Fucked up. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no. And that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, I was in. Sorry, we're getting way off track. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Percy Jackson kids, we know already that all of them are on the spectrum somewhere. Canonically. Canonically, they have ADHD. Indeed. They have all, like, they're... They have been clinically assessed to be neurologically spicy. All of them are dyslexic. <laughs> yeah. I, Canonically. I my, one, my one question is whether or not show Annabeth is dyslexic, but but that's... It has not been brought up. Yeah. It has oh. not been brought up. And she, in episode three, she did immediately read the Auntie M's sign when in the book, she was just like, I don't know what the fuck that says. I can't read. <laughs> and I was just like... The font's fucked up. Sorry. <laughs> like, I... That's me just being like, maybe, maybe, maybe show Annabeth isn't dyslexic or maybe she's just like really good at this. I don't know. Show Annabeth has dyscalculia. That's my head. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> what would, what would happen if an architect had dyscalculia? <laughs> um, so going back to like fictional characters and like, uh, talking about their neurological conditions, uh, we there are a few different levels of this where like you can headcanon a character as being something because like you relate to that or like you think that that's fun and like that's totally fine because they are fictional characters yeah and you can diagnose them with whatever the fuck you want but there is also a level of coding that uh yeah i think that oh show annabeth is like explicitly autistic coded and that's yes. what i'm like yes. arguing here i agree, I agree. yeah i've gotten that since li- literally episode two i'm just like are they are they coding her as autistic? And that's like, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm sitting. <laughs> it's like yeah, very much. That's what it seems like. And our friend Ethan, 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 who was who was on the last episode was just like, yeah, I relate to Annabeth so much, and and he's like, yeah, and and she's autistic, and I'm autistic. Yeah, like, yeah, we love that. Deus Ex Media somehow the. Autism capital of the podcasting world. <laughs> they use <it> autism. <laughs> Neurospicy network. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. That's okay. If we had to rename the network. If we had to rebrand again. <laughs> rebrand again. The Neurospicy network. As I'm dying. Anyway, I'm dying I feel I feel like this this um this diagnosing of like fictional characters needs to be a conversation on Sam's show next. Sam, <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. If you are still listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this all all of this could have been on Sam's podcast. So like if you want us to come over and do a little talk. I know we've already talked about uh neurodivergence and like being we, trans. We sure but- did. <laughs> but let's do it again and talk about fictional <laughs> characters. Oh, okay. We never even finished this fucking episode, but like they're they're in the car. They're in, they're their in car. the back of it. We got it. It's we made dark. It. Uh it smells. <laughs> we have so, like, can we have some paper yet? towels and Aries is like absolutely the fuck not. And just closes it on them. And and Grover is just like, I think I know who the lightning thief is. Yeah, um, cut to black. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, okay. I just want to see what what the um what the teaser is. Talk about that for like two seconds. Oh, I mm-hmm. didn't watch mm-hmm. the teaser. So Grover like looks up out of the the skylight. Okay, to see where they are. 
we're gonna get the iris message next next one because i guess annabeth brought a crystal so somehow they found a crystal to do an iris message so we're getting <laughs> the scene with luke hopefully mm, interesting my beloved <laughs> um oh wait blah, blah, blah. Uh, there was something about the animals i saw the animals i think one of them is a camel and one of them is an ostrich where is this fucking zebra though already gone <laughs> Yeah, I don't see a zebra in this scene. I see a camel and an ostrich. So <laughs> that's so funny. No lion, I guess. Hmm. 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 Um. Yeah. Well, they're 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 going to the Lotus Casino. There's uh, Lin Manuel Miranda right there. He's oh he's God. in your face. I forgot. He's Hermes. <laughs> you forgot? Yeah. He's there's going to be so much Lin Manuel Miranda next episode. Okay. Are you like even okay. emotionally prepared? <laughs> So, listeners, I don't know if I've already told y'all, but we are getting Mots, our our beloved Mots who watched Hamilton every day for a year, to come on and talk about this episode with Lynn. Mots, I love you. There is something wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Totally fine. But, but, if we do not get some kind of musical thing in this episode, like, we we got What is Love? If it happens, I'm gonna be so happy. Uh, we should make a bet. Like, how much money are we betting? <laughs> okay, like, how musical does it have to be for you to win this bet? <laughs> like, do people have to sing? I just, I, you know what? Even if Lin-Manuel just, like, hums Poker Face... I okay. think I will be happy. I will fully be happy if he just like hums things because he literally. What did he do in the first ever scene that we saw him in in the show? Yes, he and was so just I humming. don't doubt that. So if there is a musical number in which characters sing, then you win. Or if Poker Face the song shows up within the episode, you win. Uh, if Lin Manuel Miranda hums something else, I'm I'm taking that as my win. <laughs> Because I doubt you're it. Valid. You're valid. <laughs> you're totally valid. But Poker okay. Face makes okay. sense because they're literally in a fucking casino. <laughs> yes, yes. So what I I'm I'm excited to see. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there was there was something else here. Um um okay. I've I've said that they could have done this in the uh, the original 2010 movies or whatever. Like, they didn't have to age up the characters. If they just wanted them to drive class country, they could have just had some 12-year-olds in a car. And what did they have in this <laughs> teaser here? Percy's driving a taxi? He's trying. He's trying his best. It didn't look like it was going so well for him. <laughs> I love it. I love how amazingly horrible it's going to be. I don't know how long it'll it'll happen though. Yeah. So, uh, I'm this episode and next episode are probably going to be the most original show content that we get, and I'm very interested to see where we go with all of this Lotus Casino stuff. Yeah, and then we're also getting the the underwater scene um, next episode. Because yes, we do, we do also we're going see to that. continue so that conversation. We're gonna get we're gonna get Montauk in the next episode as well. So that's cool. Um, that was that was some Percy Jackson talk for like a long time. Yeah, too fucking long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You people brought me onto a podcast and you expected it to not be two hours long? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) 
<sighs> yeah, um, Juice, uh, if you want the people to find you on the internet, where can they do so? Yeah, so my Twitter is at Phil Sherwood VO, and that is my official communications platform on Twitter or on X. <laughs> Indeed. <Yeah>. Indubitably. <laughs> um, we, we, we don't say X here. We say either Twitter or Zitter. Um, I say <laughs> chitter because that's what they call it. it because it's the, it's the letter Kai and yes. Oh. So so technically chitter from Homestuck is I'll now canon. Yes. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad for you. Oh, yeah. Ju- Juice is like a, a, a very professional voice actor. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, guess what, babes? We're adding screen to that because... Fuck yeah! I oh, yeah. am a oh, yeah. background extra in the film Paging Mr. Darcy, airing <gasps> in February on the Hallmark Channel. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Tell me when it comes out. My mom and I will watch this because she loves Hallmark movies. <laughs> <laughs> the concept, okay, the concept is a professor of Jane Austen's literature falls in love with a Mr. Darcy cosplayer. <laughs> Incredible! <laughs> Beautiful! I have no stake in Shane Austin things, but that's amazing. <laughs> you know who does? It's Ted. We're gonna watch this fucking uh, movie. No! no. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what show. I mean, okay. I know I'm in one promotional photograph that's been released so far. <gasps> what? Ooh. I don't know. You're what so I, professional. <laughs> that's my juicy boy. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't I don't know what any of the final movie looks like right now. You know what I mean? Like I haven't Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will see it when everybody else sees it. So Well we'll we'll find you if you're in there. If they keep you. <laughs> if we have to they fucking better. we will do a Deus Ex Media watch along <laughs> of this movie. Are you kidding? We will do it. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no. Christina, if you're listening, can we do it? Can we do one of the <laughs> We need to. We need to support my juicy boy. Oh goodness. We love you. Um. So is that your media? You want to plug? You want to plug another piece of media? No, God, not the movie that I'm in. Um. Uh, well, no. Okay. So actually, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about what I was going to plug this week. Um. So on the last show that I was on with you guys, I plugged the first book of the Wicked series, and this time mm. I'm going to plug the second book. Spoiler, Hell yeah! Spoiler alert! Um, there's gay sex in that book. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Which one is the second one? Is that the one about the lion, or is no, that the third no, that's one? The son of, is that yeah. the son of a witch? Then it is. Okay, okay. I have not <laughs> read these books, but I have. Co- I know whatever my mother has told me because she yeah. read all of them. Yeah. <laughs> No, anyway, yeah, tell you there was gay sex. <laughs> gay sex in my wicked media? In my wicked? Literally on page, somebody asks Lear, how's your husband doing? And Lear, he gets all flustered. He's like, he's not my husband, but he's fine. <laughs> oh? Oh? <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I, I should read these books. You should. Um, They're good. They're really good. Well, my mom was just like, there's very weird, I don't know if you'd understand what's happening. And I'm like, I mean, you're probably there's a right. lot of domestic terrorism in the first one and the second uh, one. But that, um, that's wicked for you. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Gay sex, <laughs> domestic terrorism. What more could you, you know, want? What else? What else do you what do on a Saturday night? <laughs> I can't. I literally can't. I love you guys so much. I love you. <laughs> 
I love you. I love you, Charlie. Um, you know what? You know what? I don't actually have a media plug right now. I'm just gonna plug friendship. Um, <laughs> because I love also you guys. all of the other media that we already talked about in the show. We've already talked about so much media. Um, you know, uh, d- diagnosing your friends and not strangers. Ha! Um, <laughs> <laughs> friendship. That's all that matters. You must be at least a sixth level friend to di- diagnose me with autism. <laughs> yes. The benefits of friendship. Secondhand therapy. <laughs> Listen, you- y'all are the therapists I don't have to pay for. <laughs> And it cost me so much money. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Online friendship. Well, you guys are coming to Canada next. So, I mean. <laughs> oh, God. I sure to. hope so. It's required. The exchange rate? Guys, come on. If you mm-hmm. buy the tickets mm-hmm. in CAD, you'll get a discount. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ray, uh, do, do you have a media? Or or do you want to just yeah, yeah, pop yeah. out like I, me? I actually, I actually do have something. Um, oh, I actually don't know beautiful. if I've recommended this movie before, but uh, Teddy's been really into f- reading Batman fan fiction, specifically oh! Tim Drake fan fiction. Uh, <laughs> so now I'm into like Bat Family stuff, um, which Bat Family's so good. Bat Listen. Family very good. Uh, so what I actually want to recommend, which doesn't even have Tim Drake in it, but d- don't 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 mind that. It's fine. Um, I want <laughs> I want. <laughs> I want to make sure that I recommend the Batman versus TMNT movie because Ah, not enough people have seen this film and it's so fucking good. Okay. This is so Raycor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you like either the Batman franchise or the TMNT franchise and you haven't seen this movie, uh, go watch it. It's really, really fucking good. I, I love that for you. I'm so glad. Um, the, the Robin in that one is Damien Wayne, just so everybody knows. Listen, I love Damien. He's, <laughs> little he's, gremlin. I love a shitty little guy. Like, <laughs> he's, he's such a little asshole and I, I enjoy it. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh, release us from this mortal coil. But I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you have to. The episode is nearly two hours long. <laughs> um, get out of my fucking cabin because, like, um, I, I'm, I'm sitting on a chair. It's turning me to gold. Um, like, <laughs> you guys have to finish the quest without me. Um, oh, okay. But, but go, please save my milf. Please, please go do it. <laughs> All right, bye then, Charlie. I'll see you. Uh. <laughs> I'll see you never, I guess. I'll come by. A huge thanks, as always, to our God Complex Patreon, Matt. You can follow this podcast socials at Of The Eldest Gods Pod on Instagram and Tumblr and at Of The Eldest Gods on Twitter. You can send us an iris message through of the eldest gods pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, join us at patreon.com slash of the eldest gods. By becoming a patron, you can join the Deus Ex Media Discord server, where you'll be able to chat with us and other listeners about episodes and anything Percy Jackson related. Our $5 patron tier also gets you access to Against All Odds, our monthly bonus show. There, we'll talk about a wide variety of topics, which usually have something to do with mythology no promises. You can check out our merch store in Redbubble to find custom designs made by Charlie. 
Or if you cannot or do not want to support us financially, we'd really appreciate a rating, a review, or letting your friends and followers know how much you love the podcast. That really helps. You can find me, Ray, at HeyHeyRay, spelled R-A-Y-E, on Twitter. If you want to hear more from me, check out Barbie Movie Slap, a podcast where my co-host Ted and I discuss Barbie's cinematic universe. That podcast Twitter is at Barbie Slaps. And you can follow me, Charlie, at GreenPixie12 on most platforms, but on Twitter I'm at GreenPixie123, which I'm totally not salty about. I also have an art Instagram at GreenPixieDraws. I sometimes do the YouTube thing on my channel, Charlie Mac. That's M-A-C-K. Our music was written by Isabel Strauss-Riggs and recorded and edited by Ian M. Riggs. You can find Izzy at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. She also currently makes video essays on the YouTube channel Kane I. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. Of the Eldest Gods is proud to be a part of Deus Ex Media, which features great podcasts like My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of the Avatar The Last Airbender series, the Cabbage Cart Guy. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you, sitting there on a seal. Well, now look at back at me. I'm on an on a even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his d20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Of the Eldest Gods is based on the series by Rick Riordan. Right now, we are discussing Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcatcher and meet us back here every Thursday. Charlie never read Homestuck, and I think that's a very exact, important. Yeah, I think that's a very no, important point. Of but I've like, been told that my current Baldur's Gate character looks like a Homestuck character. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the more that you edited her, the less she grew to look like a Homestuck character. It's it's just it's just the gray skin and the horns. Yeah, well, and like the, the dark hair. The Homestuck, it's a very like a specific troll. aesthetic with regards it to is, like it is. the orange and the like the can specifically the candy corn coloration yeah. of the horns. I do I do love the candy corn horns. Those are very cool. I was like, yeah, no, I'm just gonna go with like black and like dark red. I was going for an edgy vibe. <laughs> my my alternate podcast idea 
my horrible podcast idea is uh, get someone who hasn't read it before. People are doing that. Not enough people are doing that. They should for me, but. Uh, specifically what I do want to do is get someone like Charlie, who is unfamiliar, to look at Homestuck adjacent media and oh. not read Homestuck. What, like oh, Namco adjacent? High? Yes, Namco High, Hive Swap, uh, reading Promstuck. <laughs> we all, I mean, what? we got Charlie to read, like, the first couple bits of, past- or of, um... Psycholonials. Oh yes, we did. I'm still stuck on horse genders. <laughs> I can't get it out of my brain. If 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 you don't think that Ken from the Barbie movie is not a horse male, like like, then you're it's wrong. right there. It's, it's right, right there. there. I'm not joking when I say that reading Psycholonials legitimately changed the way that I think about myself and my gender with regards to clown gender. I'm not joking. I know it sounds like a joke. I know it sounds like a joke. You're a clown gender, aren't you? It's not. Well, see, I don't identify as clown gender, but the gender expansive writing that Hussey did in Psycholonials was actually very interesting. And it to me, it was it was compelling to me. Oh, I can't wait to outtake all of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. See, that's very interesting to me because I found his. I don't know what pronouns Hussey uses now. Uh, I think it's like Hussey's he, a they them now. Okay. Okay. I because I haven't been sure if it was like exclusively to them. Okay. Thank you. Anyways, there. I found their gender pyramid to be almost like too restrictive, which I thought was really interesting. <laughs> like, mm, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, there's a level there's a level of stuff in that narrative that is Z's perspective on everything, and then there's a yes. level of like there's a level of Hussey's reality bleeding into Z's perspective. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this isn't the Psycholonials podcast. <laughs> Someday we should make one though, is we all should. I'm saying. <laughs> Dave X Media.